Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by the new jumping bed from Child Listeners Incorporated. Here at Child Listeners Incorporated, we started our company with a vision, really listening to children and hearing what they have to say. And when we did that, what they had to say was a resounding, we want to jump on the bed. When we were talking about this, I thought what we at Child Listeners Incorporated are all about listening to children. Why don't we develop a product and bring it to market that will encourage children to jump on the bed safely with some sort of hybrid trampoline bed option? When we both applied for second mortgages on our house and really put ourselves out financially to start this company, build the prototypes, create this invention, a lot of naysayers said that it was impossible, that no child could safely jump on a bed. But we didn't accept that. We believe the technology exists. We looked at bouncy castles. We looked at trampolines. We looked at all sorts of things on which you can jump safely and we've imported the best parts of those things into our beds that we've invented. And we're happy to announce that there have been zero accidents from children jumping on this bed. It is a resounding success, and we're expecting many times return on our investments. When I first told my family that I was going to be bringing some of our family heirlooms to thrift stores as a way of getting a temporary loan uh, with an agreement with the guy he'd hold on to it until next April, give me a chance to buy it back, they said that we were going to lose Grandpa's cutlery. And I've explained to them, it will be fine. We've taken out some other sort of informal loans uh, from some people I play cards with, and we're expanding into adult jumping beds in quarter three of next year. So if you have a child and you're doubting us right now, we say good riddance. This is going to be so popular that we don't need you. We know our target demographic, and we know that we are going to sell millions of these beds. Yeah, you might be a consumer thinking, I don't want this in my house. I don't want that. Well, does your kid want it? Does another kid at school have it? Fallen into our trap, haven't you? It's only a matter of time. And this might be our first ad. We might not have sales numbers to go off of right now, but I'm really confident being aggressive to you, the consumer, to say, we don't need you. And whether you like it or not, we're here to stay. The Jumping Bed by Child Listeners Incorporated. Giving your children a fun way to exercise right in the safety of your home. Hello, everybody, friends, enemies, lovers, haters, researchers, people listening from alien civilizations studying our civilization, people listening from the future, and people listening from the past using some sort of suppressed patent made by Nikola Tesla. Uh, welcome to Seriously Wrong. Also, if time is cyclical, then the future is the past. Right. That's a really good point. And something that my little spiel did not acknowledge enough, I think. <laughs> I'm not here to take you to task about it. I just wanted to mention it. I feel called in. I don't feel called out or taken to task at all. I feel it was it was kind of like, hey, let's all remember blank in a very inclusive way. Not personal like that. So today we are continuing our discussion on youth liberation and adult supremacy and the issues in our society around the misconceptions and, and just bad ideas about childhood that float around in our society and politics. It's a subject that is like, 
kind of hard to talk about in certain ways because like not having the language to talk about some of the distinctions, uh, some of the complex distinctions that come around the, say, like parent-child relationships versus other social hierarchies. So yeah, we wanted to talk today about language and terminology and sort of compare and contrast and try utilizing different terms that exist for this broad phenomenon of ideologies that denigrate uh, children and treat them as passive objects for the aims and objectives of adults rather than fully human playing subjectivities. Yeah, I feel like the ways in which our society makes hierarchies based on age makes like almost every term kind of need a bit more asterisks than makes it like like you just mentioned child liberation and adult supremacy and i feel like adult supremacy is a pretty good one like it's really to the point uh it like very clearly says what it's talking about but then there's also like there's types of age discrimination that target people who are adults that are like very elderly adults where they're kind of like infantilized again and and treated like children in some circumstances kind of depending on if they have power in other ways sometimes they get to be president and then they're what yeah then they get to treat middle-aged people like children it's it's like a, it's like this paintbrush you can insult people by calling them too young or you can insult people by calling them too old and you can use that at any age in relation to the ages that are above or below yours so if someone's even even slightly older than you, you can be like, you're fucking old, you're a boomer, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Even if they're not literally a boomer, you use it as a metaphor. Or like you're being like a child, you say that to your 22-year-old friend when you're 24. Right, right, yeah. So yeah I, feel, yeah, I feel like the downside of adult supremacy is that, yeah, it doesn't quite... Like there's kind of like this golden... For most things, I feel like you get the most respect in society when you're in the kind of like 30 to 50 range based on age. Like once you start looking old, like you'll still get respect, but it's sometimes a more condescending type of respect, I feel like. Um, again, depending on if you have power. So like... Um, yeah, if there's like a middle-aged adult supremacy or something, I don't know. But then that leaves out some of the other ways in which like older people can really have a lot of sway. And then child liberation is great as well. But you have to also put some asterisks there about like liberating them from what exactly. We're not necessarily arguing for like uh, like legal emancipation of all children and having no duty to their parents or no like uh, maybe no duty to their parents I don't like that term but <laughs> no uh, or th their parents have no duty to them yeah have no no responsibility for no special responsibilities for them than they'd have for any other person uh, that's definitely not like you like child liber you, I feel like if I say child liberation, I'm already picturing people in my head rolling their eyes and being like, "Oh yeah, you think all kids should just move out and get jobs in their own apartments and take care of all the bills themselves? Get jobs at the coal mine, start a family." We're like, "Yeah, you think kids can make any decisions they want, no matter what? Like they're just they're they're perfectly as capable of running their own lives in all areas than anyone else." And it's like, well, no, obviously not. They're uniquely vulnerable, they need to be protected, they need to be guided, etc. But that isn't what child liberation should mean. It's like, yeah, liberation from unjust impositions and, and from the perception that they're not full people with rich inner lives. Yeah, like a, a, a kid is like, or from newborn to childhood, teenagehood, 
humanity starts with this developmental trajectory through all of these developmental stages. And they're fully human at every process of that. It's not like becoming a human. But at the same time, there's genuine differences between these different age groups, which merit ethical attention. So like a newborn baby is entirely helpless and you know, hundreds, thousands of ways compared to an adult. They're also embedded with this incredible capacity to learn very quickly. And that capacity to learn very quickly and to grow their body very quickly and pick things up very quickly and all that sort of stuff is part of the total human package, the developmental being is becoming of humanity that adults are, that the elderly are. They had that stage as well as part of their sort of development. And the difference between the features of a newborn baby and the features of an adult are complementary and serve to reinforce one another throughout history and evolutionary time. I just wanted to sort of like lay out an alternative vision for what babies are (laughs) than something less than human that also embraces and fully wrestles with the the differences and developmental stages of humanity, part of a, a complete wholeness. One good thing about adult supremacy, the the term, is that it reinforces that adults have a systemic power over children. Like, for example, wherever a child goes where they're under adult supervision, adults have systemic power to command, control, punish them as they see fit within the bounds of the law. And in a lot of places and contexts, that's like physical punishment. So adult supremacy is good for underlining that reality. But yeah, like you said, the the way that there's also the peak is like you said like the adult age like 30 to 50 is kind of like the the top of the power pyramid of age and it's built on a basis of ableist assumptions about ability and difference like the young and the old are both like weak and they can't this is what the sort of accused by that peak age group right there's like an ableism inherent to that but then there's also in many cases a systemic power granted to the elderly over the adult that impedes that or interferes with that sort of curve-shaped power distribution and age. Because like often the elders in a society will have command and control power over other people as a result of like social position. Yeah, they've had the longest time to exist to climb up the social hierarchy. So they're more likely to be at the top positions in business and politics and whatever else like they've put in the time so to speak that they've been able to climb all these different uh, hierarchies yeah many institutions will also have like explicit age context like you have to be a certain age to run for president and things like that or something like the supreme court where there's no term limits Uh, people are appointed at whatever age they are and they stay until they're very old Um, that's also a factor there and that sort of like age power distribution yeah it's interesting the way that like age can compound power if you are well off or in certain positions but then if you're like a working class older person who you know is now looking for a new job like you some company shut down or whatever you're like 58 years old got a little while till retirement but you need a new job and nobody takes you seriously at the interviews and stuff because they're looking for younger people with you know they're faster stronger or whatever uh, perceived as better at all these things where you're getting older on the way down that kind of perception it is a not clear landscape it depends on different factors that's why one reason why I like the term ageism is because it's pretty broad and can be used to describe both discrimination against elderly people and children. But I feel like the downside with using ageism is that 
in my experience, it's mostly used to describe discrimination against elderly people. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I guess that's just a, a task of like using it in new ways and getting new meanings out there. But uh, yeah, I feel like usually when you say ageism or usually when I hear ageism, it is more about those ways in which elderly people are, are not taken seriously or stripped of agency in various contexts. Yeah, when we I we did a, a Twitter poll of the different terms for this broad stuff and ageism was the preferred the preferred term by the majority of respondents when compared to misepity, which is like the fear or hatred of children, childism, which is systemic bias against children, and adultism, which is um, a term for like the attitudes of adult supremacy. Um, and then ageism was the fourth one. And that one, I think it had like 80% of the votes or something like that. It was like a overwhelming preferred term by people on Twitter, on our Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I think the main issue with ageism is how it doesn't account for the systemic power of adults over children. And it, like you said, with it's being used mostly in this one direction towards mistreatment of the elderly, which is a, also a serious issue like and a common issue. It's not like all the the older you are in society, the better you're treated and like <laughs> the senior citizens rule over us. Like sometimes it does feel that way when you turn on the news and you look at your elected representatives and you see, you know, people with pensions that are twice as big as your wage who own properties that have went up in value by millions of dollars. And, you know, that that's not all distributed uh, equally to the elderly in society. Yeah, uh, the issues with like ageism fits the, also fits the sort of general grouping with like racism, sexism, like it talks about a characteristic and puts ism on the end. Whereas both childism and adultism can be a bit confusing initially as again into what direction they're pointing yeah. especially that they're both words used to describe systemic power of adults over children but they're like both the opposite and pepperism but they both mean the same thing basically yeah yeah and it's like it's like it's called racism not like whiteism or blackism i mean i guess we have feminism but that's getting into a different that's not used to describe a bias that's used to describe the movement against a bias uh, so, I mean, like, not that any of these things have to be hard and fast rules and it has to perfectly fit along with these other terms in the same way, but it, it's why neither of those two terms are exactly, they don't, they don't like flow off the tongue and like you immediately get what someone's saying by them. I think I like childism better than adultism because it's hard to imagine if you say childism that like you're arguing that children are oppressing adults or anything like i feel like that's the clear one of the two kind of sounds like a advocacy for children uh like feminism yeah i don't know i kind of don't like any of the terms i feel like all the terms have some inadequacy i can work with ageism like the thinking about racism and sexism they don't specify within the word the direction of the oppressive dynamics. You know, it's not like... Yeah, which actually sometimes becomes a hindrance to them because then you get all these arguments about reverse racism or sexism against men. And like you, there there could be types of sexism against men in certain contexts or whatever, but the, the lack of directionality in the terms sometimes obscures the conversation into this overgeneralized, we're all the same colorblind type conversations about these things that don't take a look at the actual real world existing problem. 
But yeah, ageism fits in with them better. And then misopity, miso, misopedia. <laughs> Neither of those are easy to say. Maybe they would roll off the tongue easier if more people said them all the time, like misogyny. It kind of looks weird when you write out misogyny. Yeah, you see that for the first time, you'd be like, no one will, this will never, how many <laughs> syllables does that have? It'll never catch on. Misogyny. But yeah, right now, I'm like, I can barely even say them, and I don't know exactly how to pronounce them. Um, I think I like misopity better than misopedia, which you always seem to default to opity. But when you Google misopity, it's just like, oh, that's just an alternate spelling of misopedia, which is the main one. Uh, so it's like, yeah. I, <laughs> and misopedia to me kind of sounds like a, a you're learning about soup or like it's like a wiki for information on how to make miso soup or something. Yeah, I think it might be pronounced with a softer o than that like soft than miso it's like misepity or miso i think misepity i don't know though yeah it's pos yeah pronouncing an o like eh sounds weird to me but maybe there's other words where i do that and i don't think about it but i, I was excited to find that term because of finding the other terms lacking uh, but i think the problems that you're identifying are real um but i found it in particular in the writings of toby rollo uh, we linked one of his pieces in Against Adult Supremacy, the uh, uh, Youth Liberation Zine. Uh, I, I believe he's also featured in the new book edited by Carla Bergman, Trust Kids. I just want to shout out uh, his essays is really fascinating and thought-provoking. And yeah, they introduced me to the term uh, misepity in the context of describing how the ideological force of dominating children as something that's naturalized was used as part of the ideological basis for a variety of other oppressive institutions like colonialism. So yeah, I recommend that. I'll link it again. But yeah, I think of misepity as referring specifically to the attitudes the same way, like with misogyny being the, the clear parallel. Like we have room for both sexism and misogyny and having that distinction helps us describe sexism and the liberation of women in a more specific language. So I think maybe that it might be the same with ageism and, and misepity. Is like misepity is another tool in the toolkit towards describing this. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to settle on one word for sure. But the childism and adultism duo that that's got to go. We just got to <laughs> throw those words out entirely. <laughs> yeah, unless they're being used for advocacy. But even then, I don't know if we need, I like child liberation better for like a movement to advocate for, or you could go some equality route and like invent a like a, a child equality or, yeah, I don't know, like they all have weird implications that I don't necessarily like, but. I feel bad going hard. I just imagine someone being heartbroken that like really likes one of those terms and wants to use it, childism or adultism, and we just <laughs> chat all over it. <laughs> <laughs> too dismissive of those terms you know what i'll, I'll say this much feel free uh to use it uh, and I'll, I'll i'll understand what you're saying Look, and if, if i'll try the, to listen as closely as i can if those are the terms that catch on and people use them the most uh i'm happy to use whatever words like absolutely and i challenge you to use both of them at once yeah have slightly different meanings to them but what, what, what would they be child childism I guess I don't know if there's a history of use with either of those terms that already does have uh, I, but uh, yeah I don't I could see adultism as meaning adult supremacy and childism meaning advocacy for children and that would be complementary with ageism as well and again drawing the feminism parallels 
yeah, when I think of adult, yeah, like trying to think of the archy, like patriarchy for adults. Like I know gerontocracy is probably the closest one we have. I think patriarchy is probably the closest. It's like rule of the father. Yeah, but nobody really uses it that way nowadays. Like it mostly just means rule of men over women. I mean, it, gerontocracy is kind of specific to like the and political power of... I was just going to say patriarchy doesn't uh, get at, like, all adults. It's kind of male-centric. Adultarchy. Adultocracy. These come from, like, Greek words, right? And I bet you the Greek word for adult is man or something like that because they were a sexist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if they had a term for, like, men and women as a ruling over children together object. Yeah, or not even, like, I don't necessarily need to imply that they rule together in some perfect harmony, but just, like, a a word that doesn't specify a gender within it. Because patriarchy, in the broader definition, rule of the father over family, kind of, it just implies things along multiple different directions. Maybe there's, like, a Greek word for parent that would make a good suffix for archy. Because yeah, gerontocracy is pretty good, but it does kind it does kind of ignore the types of discrimination of really old people. Also, gerent like some like it feels like it's talking just about really old people, even if it's not necessarily. But yeah, I feel like the rule of adults over children is like so so deeply naturalized that it's hard to even like think of a word to describe it or. I don't know. Some people will be like, that's just called family. That's just, you know, that's just basic human nature or whatever. Or like, I feel like there would be, yeah, resistance to even naming it. Although that's probably true with all of these. Like you'd say the same thing about patriarchy. Yeah. I mean, the, the rule of parents over children is so naturalized in our society that it's used as like the proof of concept and litmus test for all social hierarchies. Like if if you if you raise an anti-hierarchy argument and argue that the institutional command and control of other people under the threat of punishment is something that's like socially detrimental, then one of the first things that people will bring up is be like, well, what about a parent and a child? Shouldn't they tell them not to touch the stove? And then you're like, no, they should tell them to touch the stove if they want to. And punish them if they don't touch the stove, because that's what you're advocating for. You're <laughs> advocating for people to have the right to threaten to punish their kids if they don't touch the stove. Let's be honest about what hierarchy <laughs> is. I guess technically you'd probably get your kid taken away, because the state would feel like they're, they need to parent you as a parent. <laughs> Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by Chicky Chalkies, Chocolate Milk and Chicken Fingers Bistro by Child Listeners Incorporated. At our top of the line gourmet restaurants, your child will be able to choose between 15 varieties of chicken fingers and 7 varieties of chocolate milk. All because that's what the children asked for, and we listen. We're guided by a simple vision, and that vision is, listen to the child. What do they want to eat? Chicken fingers, again, fair enough. What do they want to drink? Chocolate milk. They stomp their feet and shout when they don't get it. Fine. Chicky Chockies, what do you think? We got an animatronic chicken here named Choco the Chicken. He's a chocolate-loving chicken. Do you love it, kids? Yes. Okay. And, you know, when our first product, the child jumping bed, was a massive, massive success that made us millions of dollars, a lot of people said, 
Congratulations, guys. You did it. Take the money and run, they said. We thought, no, no, no. We're going to keep listening to children, and we're going to invest all of that money back again into this restaurant. And even if you're a parent who's thinking, oh, I would never take my kids to Chicky Chockies, the chicken finger and chocolate milk bistro with an animatronic chicken who loves chocolate named Choco the Chicken. What about when the other kids go? You're not going to let them go to the birthday parties there? No offense, but you're trapped. You're fucked. You fell into our trap and it's over. You know what's the problem with all of the haters of our company and why they just don't understand what we're doing here? No, what is it? It's because they're adults, and adults do not understand what children want. And that's why we're scaling up Chicky Chockies from coast to coast all across this beautiful nation. Yeah, we're not starting with just one restaurant. We're doing a launch in every major city. This is a national phenomenon. And to the people speculating about our divorces, that has nothing to do with our newfound success, okay? I think I can speak for both of us when we say there were long-running problems in both of these relationships. Yeah. So let's cut the speculation. Honestly, it's rude for people to even uh, talk about it. It's a private matter. We're so confident in our product, we're going to use part of our highly coveted paid ad time to address it. Yeah, the product sells itself, so why not put this ad time to use? Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by Chicky Chalky's Chocolate Milk and Chicken Fingers Bistro by Child Listeners Incorporated. So yeah, I guess mesepity and adultism or adult supremacy are part of ageism as a whole, but so is like gerinphobia. Would that be a correct <laughs> fear of the elderly, hatred of the elderly? Right. I'm not sure if there's a word specifically for that that already exists. Ger- gerinphobia makes sense. People usually use ageism yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're trying to distinguish the ism from the, the attitude. The Yeah, well, it feels like the more we can identify that's real in that space and the more you can start thinking of them all together at the same time. Like, I don't know if other people feel this way, but I feel like when you get a good word for something, it becomes a lot easier to play with that concept when you have a good word for it and play it up off against other concepts and see how they all fit together. And I feel like I haven't really, my understanding of ageism as a whole isn't at that level yet where I can see it all together in my head fitting together. It's something I'm always sort of exploring and thinking about whenever I'm talking about it with someone. Yeah, I feel like the discourses on this aren't developed enough yet for me to feel super comfortable with a particular set of terms to describe the different aspects of things. Because I feel like it becomes easier to talk about things the more people that are talking about them. Like the... Because you can kind of key into the language games that people are playing and, and play in them with them yeah you like run a swarm intelligence simulation of a bunch of different arguments and then you can sort of pick through it yeah form your own yeah the ones that make the most sense to you or work the best for you but yeah trying to like just pick a term and use it yeah i don't know it's it becomes more difficult yeah i think you're right that this discourse in a discoursey sense is uh very young i mean like people have been talking about this kind of stuff for a long time and there's different threads that have existed for decades or hundreds of years or more people have thought about the well-being of children for a very long time uh probably longer than we've did uh, upright probably when we were still hanging out in trees 
or in burrows underground even. Yeah. Oh, I also Maybe like the ocean. I also like child rights. I think just the rights of children is a good way to talk about that. And also the rights of the elderly. I feel like those are two, those aren't specific terms to say the rights of the, but like, I guess elderly rights doesn't quite flow off the tongue like child rights. But um, those, those are terms I might throw in there if I was like introducing this to someone because human right frameworks are a kind of major way people think about these kinds of things. Like there's certain rights that children should have that they're currently being denied. I think that's a, a useful frame in some cases that might not have all the super extended implications of child liberation. Yeah, I know there's a kind of a radical critique of rights frameworks as things that are like bestowed by the state and people prefer not to use that terminology in certain circumstances. That's the best argument I can think of against that framework. But I, for the same reason that I think I'll probably try to use ageism more, it's like, it's good to use the words that people are using. Like if rights is our go-to term for like things that you can expect at a basic level in society and be upset if they're not respected, then I don't see any big issue with going with that. You know, meeting people where they're at personally, just my flavor of politics, but I, I try to do that as much as possible, even though it's sometimes hard. Yeah, I can get behind some of that. I, f I feel like you can reframe rights in a way where they're granted by the community or by mutual agreement among like it doesn't have to be a state thing though it usually is in practice in the world we live in but even so yeah i'd like that doesn't make me not want to support trans rights or gay rights or uh the rights of any other group of people disabled rights yeah i think i guess the the counter wording would be like liberation right like trans liberation yeah i'm i like that too yeah me too from a mere sloganeering perspective, trans trans liberation is really good, but trans rights has this punch of just two syllables. Trans rights. Yeah, it could fit on a knuckle tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have to figure out the yeah, S rights exactly. You can stuff it in there if you're <laughs> if you're really committed. The T and the S both, or I guess you get the thumb involved, maybe. If you ever get these knuckle tattoos and you figure it out, let us know. But it's not our fault if you don't figure it out. We're leaving that to you. We're not. Yeah, don't this isn't start a finish. <laughs> getting don't start the tattoo if you don't have it they figured said it out would before. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so probably can't actually fit on a knuckle. But the point is that it's concise, quick, punchy, boom. That's good and rhetoric. It's good to especially have different tools and rhetoric for different contexts. Rights of children might be a good way to talk about it um, at Thanksgiving dinner with your aunts and uncles and cousins. Yeah. And I feel like in some ways I like the conversation that rights starts more than because liberation, I feel like the next question is what do they need to be liberated from? And like, you can have that conversation, but if you say child rights, it's like, okay, well, what rights do children not have that they should have? And then yeah. you can say, well, the right to have a meaningful say in their life in this area and that area. I think when it comes to mass communication, it's an unambiguous winner. Like it does, it starts the conversation on terms that everyone's familiar with in sort of like normie world. Right, right, right. If everyone is committed left radicals, you can frame it in terms of youth liberation really easily because everyone has some of the same assumptive priors about like what sort of liberation means broadly, that like liberation necessarily wouldn't mean something like 
you know, the enabling of deprivation or something like that. Yeah, like child liberation to eat as much candy as they want all the time, no matter what. And <laughs> you can never make them eat their vegetables or encourage them to in any way. But yeah, both have their use, rights versus liberation in different contexts. And also both have their use when it comes to ageism, um, is epity. Childism, adultism, if you're into that kind of thing, you want to test it out. You want to try to make it pick up enough that we become interested in utilizing it. <laughs> you don't have to. It's your goal. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I feel misepity, it's still something about it sounds so weird. I think it's because I keep thinking of it as analog to misogyny. So I want to say like misopity or misopia. Yeah, anyway, misopity. it doesn't matter. Misogyny. Because, yeah, I guess I was saying misopity, but I don't say misogyny. And I was saying misepity, but I don't say misogyny. Misogyny. That sounds more like miscegenation. Or like you're about to start with that. It's a completely different thing. Misogyny, misopity, misopity. I guess that kind of. That's the Osan we were looking for. Misopity. I could make that roll off the tongue. Yeah, misopity and ageism, adult supremacy, youth liberation, youth rights, gerontocracy. My toolkit of $5 words for dealing with these issues is growing. It's powerful. Yeah, I'd say maybe right now we just put as many tools in the toolbox as possible and then just, you know, over time you'll see which ones you keep taking out over and over again, yeah. which ones end up being the most useful. Which ones catch a couple cobwebs? Childism and adultism. <laughs> just kidding, guys. I know there's those maniacs out there who love those terms. <laughs> I'm so offended you guys keep ragging on those two terms. Uh, but yeah, I think also with a lot of um, youth liberation stuff and like anti-adult supremacy stuff, we can use entirely just like regular speaking words, uh, reg apply to regular sort of ethical conventions um, about like decency, coercion, freedom, violence, abuse, etc. Like we, we, we actually, to have these conversations at the dinner table on Thanksgiving with the extended family, if we want to help push this. Yeah, the term isn't the most important thing. Like, even, well, like, it's true with any of them, too. Like, if you want to talk about something racist that happened or, like, point out that something was racist or so, you don't necessarily even have to say racist. You could say, well, it's not really, like, that, that kind of uh, implies this about white people versus other races or that, like, you know, that's... That's not a nice thing to say about this group or that group. You know, you don't have to necessarily say racist. It's not the most important thing. You can just use the, you can just describe the phenomenon. Yeah. Well, yeah, like that's not a nice thing to say about children is an interest. Like that's, yeah. that's not a nice thing to say is actually one of those like powerful kind of passive aggressive call out. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it just like, it frames the conversation in terms of uh, was that or was that not a nice thing to say, <laughs> which is a winning <laughs> position uh, if you have to deploy it. Uh, it appeals to audience sympathy really well in terms of everyone thinking. And yeah, and your defenses are either actually it was nice or it it's is nice good to, it's good to not children. be nice. It's either it's good to not be nice, so you shouldn't be nice all the time, or it it is what I said was nice and you're mistaken. In any case, you got them on their heels. <laughs> Today's episode of Seriously Wrong is brought to you by Sidekick Super Pets by Child Listeners Incorporated. 
Has your child ever been watching some piece of media and seeing that the child on the screen has some sort of super intelligent animal sidekick to give them advice and guidance through life's most difficult times? Well, so do a lot of children, and we know because we listen to them. Many parents are telling us that their kids are kicking and screaming all night instead of sleeping because they don't have a little sidekick for their child, a, a, a little animal that belongs to the child that's also very smart and gives them good advice. We asked our scientists to genetically engineer us some kind of monstrosity that could answer this call for the children. What they brought back to us, these are the cutest little half-human, half-dog, super intelligent for a dog, but about the same intelligence as an adult human, little cute animal friend for the children of the world. And we expect it to be a resounding financial success. Yeah, we had to take out some big loans, reinvest all of the profits 100%. I mean, this was an incredible medical undertaking that took years of development. The process of breeding these little guys and getting one that looks cute like this, there was a lot of missteps. There was a lot of, let's just say, bad combinations that wouldn't be listening to children to bring to market. The children actually asked us to euthanize them, so we did that. And for those of you who are saying that the recent news that we are estranged from our entire families, especially all of our children, comes from them having ethical qualms with this company and this, this process we've undergone, those rumors are absolutely not true. No. Our problems with our children did not come from us not listening to them. Let's be honest. We're talking about adult children now at this point for both of us. Yeah, not child children, exactly. Yeah, we listen to children children. Yeah, we're trying to listen to the big picture. We're, we're trying to catch that radio static from all the children around the world and unify it into one strong voice. Even if they weren't being poisoned against us, it still wouldn't be a good critique. But the reality is that our ex-partners, they're actually completely turning the kids against us. Yeah, and we're, and we're so confident in our product, we don't even mind talking about it in this advertisement because kids are gonna make you buy this, so deal with it. Think about it, if there's a kid at your kid's school who has a little talking friend, a kind of like scrappy-doo, that helps that child with their homework, and also has a chip in their brain that will euthanize them instantly if they ever break protocol and do anything that goes against their purpose, you think your kid's gonna be like, oh no, what about the ethical concerns? <laughs> it's not, uh, listen to children, they want it, and you will get it. It's over. That's right, and that's why Sidekick Super Pets by Child Listeners Inc. are the proud sponsor of today's Seriously Wrong. Yeah, I guess we don't we don't have a clear answer for you all about what words you should use, but we've this is hopefully this exploration uh, has been enlightening or useful or fruitful. Fruitful, yeah. Or childish in a way where you're reclaiming childish to mean positive, playful, learn filled with learning. Or it could be, hopefully, if you want it to be, it was also adult for you in terms of very serious and logical and... Yeah, all those things adults always are. Responsible. It's funny when you say adult, you think of like a neon sign for a pornography store. Like, this was an adult time. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like we were naked the whole time. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, in a slightly different headspace. I was thinking of adulting, people saying, oh, I'm adulting right now. So it's kind of this, like, being forced to, like... But if you go to the adult video store, it's not about doing your taxes. That's true, yeah. The, like, the videos about <laughs> how to, yeah, do your taxes or change the 
light bulbs yourself. The adult video store, it just <laughs> explains how to cook dinner. <laughs> These are the basics of cooking. Shit, man. A lot of people out there needing a real adult video store. <laughs> Teach them how to do their taxes. These days. That's an ageist phrase. These days. Subtly ageist. In the old looking down at the young. They're like, these days no one ever picks up after themselves. That is a dog whistle that ageist comment against the young. Right. The, or right. the next generation. I guess you could use it the other way. Like these days, uh, we don't use floppy disks anymore, grandpa. Or <laughs> I guess you'd say more like get with the times or something. I'm trying to think of the, yeah. It's interesting. I think this is probably not true. But if you're like, in those days, everyone was racist. Is that a crypto ageist comment against the elderly calling them racist? In that case, it's probably not because... I guess it's not literally true. There were some not racist people, but... That's a discourse we're going to have when people who are like 30 now or like 70 on Twitter. They're going to be like, this is a, a ageist dog whistle saying that everyone in the 2000s was <laughs> was misogynist. You ever see a old person with like blue hair or different colored hair? Like maybe someone who's a natural white and goes like full rainbow? Yeah, I feel like old ladies with blue hair is something that just feels like a thing I've seen. <laughs> Many times. I saw a guy recently with, he was balding and he had like really long hair where he wasn't bald. And uh, it was like colored rainbow. And he also had a walker. Nice. And I was like, yeah, this is all right. This is cool. <laughs> this guy's doing his thing. Also, his roots were grown out so I could see his natural. Right. It's like gray. The guy rocks and rolls. Maybe he dyed it for pride and it's just grown out a bit since then. Right. You know, that makes the timeline. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, make sure to check out our Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash seriously wrong. Or is this behind the paywall? I don't know if we've decided yet. I don't know. Either way, if you're behind the paywall already, thank you for checking it out. If you're not, please check it out. And either way, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about these different terms and what's the best ones to use for and what specific nuances of meaning they should all carry curious for more input on this do you want to open up the hatch and drop down the enormous hole in the middle of the studio floor and just fall <laughs> like we do at the end of every episode yeah we just keep falling through empty space until we eventually land back in the podcast chairs ready refreshed and ready to start again yeah yeah, yeah. Um, open this up and uh do you want to go uh, first or sure uh, whoop. Uh, here i go Now it's time for listener voicemails where we'll get to hear uh, an early quick reaction from our audience. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the feedback. All right, here's the first voicemail. I'll just hit play here and let's have a listen. Hi, Wrong 
boys, I just have a minor nitpick with your discussion on the terminology around ageism. I don't think you two gave adultism and childism a fair shake compared to the other words. I, mean, I use them all the time, and people know exactly what I'm talking about, so they work great. And for me, some of the terms that you guys prefer, I find them a bit grating and maybe kind of like pompous, but less so when you use them. But just when I use them myself, I just feel, I don't feel comfortable speaking with those terms. But adultism, I've actually used to have great conversations about ways children are deprived. And I just feel like adultism and childism uh, was dismissed a little too easily. But yeah, thanks for everything you do. Bye. No need to attack us. Those ones are the worst. What do you want me to say? I'm just saying it's a bit confusing. I have to agree to disagree. Let's move on. Let's have a palate cleanser voicemail, second voicemail. Get away from that. Don't need that energy in my life. Yeah, setting healthy boundaries. Second voicemail. Hey, wrong boy. Massive fan here. First time caller. I just great episode. I love this episode. Agree with basically everything you said. The terms adultism and childism don't really work for me either. I think they can be confusing, just like you said. But if I had to pick one tiny little nitpick, I would say that I think maybe you could have explored a few more of the pros on the side of those two words. You know, I just, you two are are so fair-minded all the time. This felt like just a rare exception to that. I thought you would be excited and happy for me to point out, and I'm looking forward to your measured response on this minor critique. Now, come on. This isn't a fight like this, okay? This isn't something that we need to be like this about. This voicemail didn't persuade me. It made me dig in my heels, if anything. Yeah, honestly, when you come out arms up like that, fighting, ready to punch, we're going to punch back, and we're not going to listen to you, more importantly. Frankly, after hearing this voicemail and the previous one, I'm never going to listen to anyone who uses either of those two words again for anything. Yeah, we're becoming sort of radicalized here from these last two voicemails. Frankly, why couldn't they just have civil criticism? Let's roll a third voicemail. Hello, I am reporting to you from the soldiers of Artemis. We're a radicalized and militarized cell of armed youth liberationists in the so-called Pacific Northwest. We uphold the Holtus Deweyist mass line, and we agree with you about the traitors and disgraces who prefer the terminology adultism and childism over terminology that brings greater clarity to revolutionaries and children alike around the world. They're wild barking dogs, even worse than adult supremacists, the real enemy. And it's a historical necessity that we unite to defeat them before even confronting adult supremacist society. You know, around the world, children are calling for freedom, and they're calling for the defeat of the childish, adultist menace who claims to liberate them, but is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And we have a newspaper which is available. Thank you. Uh, oh, now this guy speaks common sense. That is a nice surprise that there is some people out there who get it. Yeah, there's a wise voice that rises above the clattering din. Meaningless chatter of the riffraff, absolutely. And it's not rude to say that. I mean, based, it's just true. You know, there's just something about this this guy. He speaks common sense, and uh, I don't know if I agree 100% with him, but... I do agree 100%. He, he's not afraid to tell it like it is, and he, he's, he's bringing common sense back, actually. 